Tonight, I'm really excited to get the opportunity to be up here and share my heart to you all. And so we are going to be talking about... Big reputation, big reputation. Oh, you and me, we got big reputations. Ah, and you heard about me. Oh, I got some big enemies. Big reputation, big reputation. Oh, you and me would be a big conversation. Ah, and I heard about you. Oh, you like that one? Okay, so um, two weeks ago, Brayden was here, and we talked about big reputations. And so I'm continuing that tonight, um, kind of giving my perspective on it. And so when Brayden was here, we talked about how Jesus had a big reputation and how he used his big reputations um, to create a following that's still growing and moving and shaping lives today. And so we also talked about how um, people's perceptions of our big reputations can sometimes lead us to compromise who we are and who God says that we are. So tonight we're going to dive deeper on this idea of how we as students can um, grow and actively walk in our relationship with the Lord and also, um, you know, just build our big reputation. And so my goal here tonight is to make this something that's practical and applicable to you guys um, by telling y'all what my heart is for it and how I live this out as well. So in order to know what God says about building a big reputation, we have to turn to the Bible. So who brought your Bibles tonight? Actual Bibles, real Bibles, okay, phone Bibles, love it. We're going to be in Galatians 5, um, verse 22 and 23. So can I have a volunteer to read it? I'm going to call you guys out a little bit. Yeah? Okay, you want to come up here? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and there's no law against these things. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, we've applied this scripture before. We talked about it last week, and it's a verse that I've grown up hearing. My mom has it, like, hanging in her kitchen, I'm pretty sure. So it's the fruits of the Spirit, and we're all pretty familiar with it. And so... What I want to talk about, though, is how we can break apart each of these fruits and use them in our own lives in order to build up our big reputations. And so primarily tonight we're going to be talking about love. Um, so who in here has heard of Bob Goff? Does anybody know? Yes. Okay, so he's a Christian author, and he wrote um, Love Does, and Everybody Always, and I think his wife has a few books, too. Um, he's a great guy. Like, I literally want to be him, want to meet him. Like, so cool. And so recently I just read Everybody Always, and through this book he uses his relationships with his um, family, so his wife and his kids, his siblings, as well as random people he meets. So the mailman, his neighbor, um, the rental car guy. So he talks about these things as well as the experiences that he's had throughout his life um, to demonstrate to us what it looks like for people to become love in their lives. And so to me, I believe that a person who is building a big reputation for the kingdom of God um, is simultaneously becoming love. So I'm going to talk about a few different things that he points out in that book and how it parallels to my life and hopefully can parallel to y'all as well. And so the first thing is that people who are um, becoming love live a life that is filled with interruptions. And so this is something, a motto of mine actually, I adopted in my own life. And I've told my girls probably about this a dozen times because as soon as the Lord captured my heart with this phrase, um, it's something that I haven't let go. 
And so two years ago, I charged myself with the idea of letting myself be inconvenienced by other people so that I can um, love others more. And that's kind of a weird thing to say because you think of inconveniences and you automatically think, oh, like, I don't want to be an inconvenience. I don't want other people to inconvenience me. Um, but once I took that in a positive way and looked at it for the good that it holds, um, I've been able to reach more people, talk to more people, love more people, and pray for more people. And so um, I guess it was two years ago. I was reading a Devo. And it was like a chapter book. And um, the first chapter that I read was called Be Approachable and Be Available. And so after I read this, I let it kind of resonate in my heart, and I saw, you know, okay, Lord, that is someone that I want to be. I want to be someone who is approachable, and people can talk to me, and I also want to be someone who is available, and that I can open my arms to them and let them in no matter what's going on in my life. And so I kind of tucked that away into the back of my mind and thought, okay, we'll see what God does with that. Like, he planted the seed, and I didn't know where it was going, but it went somewhere. And so a couple days later, um, this was like all within the first week of school, and so I was in one of my classes, and it was the intro class, so it was kind of just laying the groundwork for what the course was going to look like. And so my teacher talked about um, what my role will be as a speech pathologist in the schools. And so she just kind of set forth like our expectations and our roles and our responsibilities. And so it sounds kind of boring, but it's actually my favorite class I've ever taken. Um, because on the first day, I can remember Claire's day, she's standing up at the front of the class and she says, okay, as we approach this next stage of life, you are required to be someone who is approachable and available and ready to meet people right where they're at. And so in my seat, I was like, wait, God just put this on my heart two days ago to be someone who is approachable and available. And now here she is bringing it up again in my life. And so from there, it was just a snowball effect of, okay, like, I got to meet this person here and I got to do this there. And so I have dozens and dozens of stories of how taking this motto and impacting it in my own life um, has shaped my faith and shaped the way that I relate to people. And so my favorite example of this happened a couple days after that incident. So it was like the next week and I was walking to class one morning, um, just like you all do in between passing periods and whatnot. And I ran into my best friend from my freshman year of college in at ACU and in Abilene in general, you just kind of tend to run into people. And so we hadn't seen each other in months, and it was one of those kind of awkward things where you're like, oh, hey, you know. And um, But slowly she started letting me back into her life and telling me all these things about her family and her friends and where she was at in her walk with the Lord. And so me, being a type A kind of person, I was thinking to myself, oh no, like I'm late to class, I gotta get there, I gotta go now, like quit talking to me. And so in that moment, Jesus kind of hit snooze on my like be on time alarm clock to say, hey, like you need to meet her right here, right now and bring me into the situation. And so through that, I was able to see how the Lord intended for me to be approachable and be available and be inconvenienced by her so in turn I can bring the kingdom to her. And so... Um, I think people who are building a big reputation for the kingdom of God are um, living a life that is full of interruptions and are not afraid to meet people where they're at. Um, people who are becoming love also pick actions that are worth repeating. And so this is the one that's the most practical to me. Um, this is where it all starts. And so Zach talked about this a couple weeks ago um, in his The Truth About Following Jesus is that Jesus wants to be in every aspect of your life. So if you guys remember that. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so he wants to be in the big things, but he also wants to be in the small things. And so if we are people that chooses hobbies and activities and games and songs that all continue, um, continuously communicate the spirits of love and joy and peace and patience, then our big reputations will be able to grow and expand into bigger parts of our lives. And so, like I said, this is the practical. Like, this is what you can do every day, wake up every morning and think, okay, how am I going to work to further the kingdom of God and expand my big reputation. So I'm going to give you guys an example of how I do that. Um, it's through what I call flash prayer. Um, so I heard about this a couple years ago, and I wish I would have known about it when I was y'all's age, um, even like in elementary school, because I walked to school as a kid. And so just going through my day, um, walking from place to place, class to class, whatever. Um, I'm continually praying and talking to God. And so I tell him about my um, situations that I'm dealing with, my struggles, um, my anxieties, but also the stuff I'm excited for and happy about. And so talking to him as if he's walking right next to me has helped me bring him to the focus of my heart and the focus of my life. Um, so that way I'm not tempted by the distractions and I know that he's walking right beside me. And so picking actions worth repeating, I think that's like a cool catchphrase. And so whenever I was thinking about it, though, like, yeah, that's a practical example, but it can take so many different forms. And it doesn't have to be strictly prayer or devos or stuff like that, but it can also carry over into other aspects of our lives, like the sports that we play and demonstrating sportsmanship or showing encouragement to our friends in class or respect for our teachers. And so as long as the actions that we're repeating bring about good and bring about um, furthering the kingdom, those are what we need to hone in on and take hold of in our own lives. And so I think that people who are building a big reputation um, for the kingdom of God like Christ in to every part of our lives, whether it be, like I said, the games we play or the music that we listen to, and allow it all to bring glory to him. And so... Um, Next, I want to say that people who are becoming love understand um, that God guides them into uncomfortable situations um, and that they are not immune to life setbacks. So up until now, I've kind of just word vomited on y'all, basically. I feel like I'm talking a mile, 100 miles a minute, whatever. But um, I've kind of just laid it out and said, okay, this is what I've experienced. You know, the Lord has placed on my heart to be approachable and be available um, be consistent in my actions and commit to actions that are worth repeating. Um, and you might be thinking, oh, wow, like, it could be easy. Like, she just floats around, like, just a simple life. But really, I know that that's not what life is like. And we all are facing difficult struggles. And you may be thinking, I can't do this until I get over this battle that I'm going through in my heart and with my parents. And then I'll maybe try to be approachable and be available. You know, I'm not in the place yet. But I want to say that... Um, the battles and the struggles and the difficult people that make up our lives and that are hard to love, um, God is using that for his good. And so he wants to use those people in those situations to bring, out, bring about his good. And so God's intentions for the challenges in our lives are not to bring us down and not to get us consumed, but to shape our hearts into who he wants us to become. And so for me, I am a very relational person. I love my family, and I love my friends. Um, the people I live with, I'm very close with. You guys, I care about each and every one of you. Um, the people I work with, the guy that works at Sonic, his name's Jesse, we're tight. Like, I love, that's how I identify with the world around me is through um, my relationships that I build with the people around me. And so I can 
see, okay, this season of my life, you know, this is the person that was there for me, and this is where we are now. And so being able to have that relationship with others, um, that's just who I am. And so when I was a junior in high school, my cousin um, committed suicide. And so that was a very big battle in my life. And from what I just said, you can probably tell, like, that really affected me and affected my family and our relationships together. And so um, I was raised in a Christian home, and I have Christian parents. Um, my sister and I grew up going to church together, VBS, camp, you name it. But the day that my cousin passed away, it just broke our family apart. And so we quit going to church together, and we quit praying with one another, and we quit talking about um, God's plan for us as a family and as individuals. And so this devastating time in my life... Um, it was heartbreaking, and so it took me three years to fully grieve and um, feel that depth and feel that pain, but I know that God used that difficult situation in my heart to um, shape me into who I am today and better equip me to love others, and so through serving here at Beltway and also um, just meeting people on my campus at school, um, I've been able to bring this background of difficulty and grief um, into the situation and speak life and truth over it to say, hey, this was a hard thing that I deal with, and God carried me through it, and here I am, and so let me help you too. And so that is just a powerful way to see I lived through this struggle, and I lived through this tragedy, but at the end of the day, God used that to shape my heart to be able to relate to more people and love more people and empathize with more people. So on top of these difficult situations, I kind of want to direct us back to the Bible because that's over here. Um, so when I think of difficult situations in the Bible, I automatically think of Paul. And I love Paul, and I don't really know why, but um, when I was a sophomore in high school, I had this stir in my heart to read Colossians. And it was kind of one of those things where I went through this phase where I'd just be like, okay, God, show me something. And I'd plop my Bible open, and then it would be in, like, Nehemiah, and I would be like, okay, that wasn't for me. But this one actually worked, I guess. And so I had this feeling, okay, like, I'm going to read Colossians. And to this day, it's still in my Instagram bio, like, from my sophomore year of high school, because I resonated so much with what Paul says about us in our life that we should live as Christians. And so to talk a little bit about Paul, um, he lived a difficult life, and so the Paul that we know today um, through Colossians and Ephesians and that we see in the New Testament, um, yeah, he lived a life of struggle, and so he started off persecuting people of the church and um, just really living in this bad lifestyle until one day he does meet Jesus, and his life is changed forever. And so although he does meet Jesus and becomes a believer, he's still imprisoned, and he's still um, sent to jail, and so when we find him in Colossians and Ephesians, um, he's writing to us from one of the lowest points of his life. And so after reading this, we can see that, you know, God intended for Paul to experience these bad things so that his heart can be shaped into the person that he was meant to be so that he can go out and love and communicate with people of Corinth and Colossians and Ephesus of Ephesians and people like us too. And so I just think it's so cool to see, okay, like we all deal with these struggles, but there's a promise that comes with this new life. And so um, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, let's see. I'm going to read that to you guys. It says, um, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self 
which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And so I think that people who are building a big reputation for the kingdom of God know that challenges are inevitable and they know that they're going to have to deal with these struggles, but they cling to the goodness that's found in the ways that the Lord intends for our hearts to be shaped so that we can grow into our big reputations and grow into this new self that's promised in Christ. And so when we become love in our everyday lives, we feel a deeper connection to who God is calling us to be. Um, It's not about the money that you make or the clothes that you wear, the school that you go to, where you work, anything like that. But simply put, um, the plan for your life is to love others and to love them well. And so tonight, I want to question you guys um, with this. How do people see your big reputations? Are they infused with love or are they not? Are you a person that goes out of your ways to love others or do you not? And so John 13, 35 says, By this, people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I love that verse, and I think it encompasses what this is all about and what I firmly believe in, is that our reputations will become increasingly more known for Jesus if we let him into every aspect of our lives and in turn affect the lives of others. So tonight, I don't know where you're at, and I don't know what your current situation is, if it's good or if it's bad, exciting, happy, if you're going through struggles or you're just cruising, like, I'm not sure, but um, I want you guys to hear this. Each of you are chosen to be exactly who you are, exactly where you are in this seat, in this room, exactly where you are um, in your classrooms, in your families, in your friend groups. You are chosen to be there for a reason, and it's because God sees you, and God knows you, and he knows that you're the best person for that spot because you and you alone can bring his love into those places to grow your big reputations for the kingdom of God.